Hi there. Welcome to the first of our Coffee Shop Conversations mini-episodes. I figured why not do some of these around a particular event. They don't have to be a full hour's worth, but maybe it's something you'd like to hear. I'm Tom D'Antoni. At World Cup Coffee and Tea in Northwest 18th in Gleason in Portland is the smiling face you remember from being behind the bar at Jimmy Max. That's right, J.D., whose real name is John David Steubenberg. He and some other folks are staging a concert on Sunday night at Roseland Ballroom in honor of the late Jimmy Mack and to kick off a scholarship to Portland State in his name. He'll tell us all about it. He might even give us a hint about what's happening with the beginnings of a new Jimmy Max club. Maybe. He and I stopped talking about baseball long enough to do this. JD, how you doing, man? What's happening, Tom? You know, the rent. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing happening but the rent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excuse me. Oh, no, seriously. Like James Brown said, yeah. ain't nothing going on but the rent. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to talk to you about this, uh, this, this show on Sunday the 23rd. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I just I, I want to get a couple things straight. People might not know exactly what the thing's about. Absolutely, you bet. So, this is not to help fund the new club. No. Okay. All right. That's correct. What is it for? Okay, what we're doing here, uh, it's a couple things. Yeah. Um, the uh, initial concept of this that, uh, that Tony Starlight uh, had in mind when we first started talking about it was basically it's a chance for people to come out and celebrate Jimmy's life and, the, and his legacy. Uh, when he passed away in January, a lot of folks were not able to make it to the service Yeah. Um, for a, a couple of reasons. We didn't really publicize the service that much because Stephanie was very concerned there was going to be too many people at the church. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, at, uh, the church is pretty good size, but it can fill up pretty quickly. Uh, and it was a real legitimate concern. Uh, and on top of that, of course, it ended up snowing that day, which I, that's <laughs> the great story because as we're commiserating over, uh, uh, you know, how you go through these things when somebody passes away, you have to, somebody uh-huh. has to do this, somebody has to do the other uh-huh. thing. And, and put together the obituary and all this stuff. And she was concerned about too many people showing up at the service. And uh, all week long, we're like, okay, well, well, well of course, there's Jimmy up in heaven. Like, oh, you guys need some crowd control? No problem. <laughs> snow. <laughs> you know, as we know in this city, snow stops everything. So, uh, but it was still a packed house. Yeah. There's some uh, great snow stories from, Jim, from, from Jimmy Max, isn't there? Oh, yeah, a bunch of them, actually. Uh, uh, some... Uh, so, uh, Bobby Torres tells one. Bobby Torres. We had a show uh, <laughs> the first time that he brought uh, uh, Luis Conte up to come yes, play. Yes. And it got snowed. That was a big snowstorm in 08. That's uh-huh. the biggest dump I've ever seen here in Portland. Yeah. And uh, uh, and it brought the city to a standstill. And uh, Luis actually came in to do, uh, in the afternoon, to do a clinic yeah. with rhythm, rhythm traders. Uh, and we still had about two dozen people show up for the clinic. But while they are doing the clinic, I was on the phone calling all of our reservations. This is before we ticketed shows. And so it was just reserved seating. That was it. Uh, I was calling all the reservations. Everybody canceled. And so I went to Bobby afterwards and I said, hey, man, I'm here. I got somebody in the kitchen. You know, if you want to do this, we can do this. We'll make the show happen. I said, but nobody's coming. People can't get here. And I said, so if you do want to cancel, 
do not feel any pressure. You know, I don't want you to be, feel like you have to put a show on when it's going to be a situation where people might have difficulty or be, even be in danger yeah. trying to get here. Yeah. And so uh, he, uh, uh, Bobby, really, really didn't want to do it, but we basically made that decision, uh, and it was the right call. And, of course, we had Louis Sen coming back a few years later, and it was amazing. So, <laughs> um, uh, But anyway, um, uh, so the, the initial thing with this is that a lot of people, especially people in the musical community, really did have the chance to – to not necessarily pay respects, but I guess pay respects is maybe the way to look at it, but to come out and uh, and really uh, uh, celebrate Jimmy's life and the contributions that he made to the music scene here. So uh, that was the initial concept. When once we started uh, going forward on it, uh, Lisa and I had the idea to say, hey, you know, we start, we should start a scholarship fund in his name. That uh, important statement was a logical conclusion. Yeah. Because uh, he was really big about uh, about musical education mm-hmm. and all the things we've done. We're bringing the student bands and stuff into the club over the years. And so we went over to PSU and uh, talked with Daryl Cramp, and uh, Daryl uh, put it to the, the people there, and they were really excited. We said, all right, let's get this thing started. And so it was like, well, this is a natural. We'll take a pro- portion of the proceeds from the show and put it into getting the scholarship started. So the the basic thing with this scholarship is, I mean, to, to set up a scholarship at PSU is not a big deal. To make it a named scholarship, meaning that it has Jimmy's name on it, yeah. we've got to raise $10,000. Huh. Okay, that's our... That's our first uh, benchmark, all right? Uh-huh. Uh, and I think we're going to do that from this show by itself, which is great. The bigger benchmark and the one that we're going to be striving towards and what we're going to be pushing people at uh, the day of the show is to make larger contributions to get it to a $50,000 goal. At that number, then it becomes an endowed scholarship. Uh-huh. Then it's there for perpetuity. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it has to be it – ha- otherwise, it'll run out at some point. Right. So, uh, uh, so we're I've been – reaching out to some of our uh, corporate friends and, and people that we've had business relationships over the years and asking them to make contributions, and we'll be doing more of that as well. So, uh, But at the end of the day, this really this show is going to be about a lot of fun. We've got some great video clips in there as well. Uh, we've put, uh, Tony Starlight's put together two montages, one with interviewing a bunch of musicians, another interviewing a bunch of uh, the staff as well as the family, uh-huh. talking about stories about Jimmy and about the club. And, uh, and of course, we've got some great musical performances as well that sort of... Uh, kind of picked uh, through kind of a myriad of, of the people that have played with us over the years, particularly Mel, obviously, yeah. but the special guest artists coming in to perform as well. And that's just it's great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've been, uh, we've been, we're getting excited. We're getting really excited. I'll bet. Is there a basic band? Yeah, so you have, um, uh, there's basically, there's four bands over the course of the night. Uh. So the first, uh, first set's going to be Mel Brown's Septet, which of course performed with us Tuesday nights for yeah, many ever. years. Oh, yeah. And so the Septet's going to have a few special guests. Farnell Newton's going to play with them a little bit. Marilyn Keller's coming out to do a song as well. Uh-huh. Uh, then the second set will be Mel's Thursday night band, the Hammond B3 organ group, uh, which, of course, was our resident band on Thursday nights forever and ever and ever. Uh-huh. They're going to have special guests. Bobby Torres is going to play with them for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, LaRonda Steele and Andy Stokes are both going to come in and sing with them as nice. well, nice. which is great. Uh, then the third set is going to be hosted by the Yachtsmen. Uh, the Yachtsmen, uh, if you're not familiar with those guys, they're, uh, they are purveyors of Yacht Rock, as you know <laughs> what Yacht yeah. Rock is. But it goes a lot, for, a lot further beyond that. The, uh, the uh, core of this band uh, goes back to uh, the very early days of Jimmy Max. We had a great fusion band that played there called Spot 79. Oh, yeah. That then morphed into later on into International Mail, that then yes. morphed later on into Wheels in the Sky, which was the Journey Tribute Band. Yeah. So these guys have all played with us in many different uh, uh-huh. shapes and forms in different bands over the years. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they're good kind of, and they're all really good musicians, so they're good uh, bands to kind of host other guys mm-hmm. to sit in with them. So we're going to have Jared Lawson yeah. and Paul Creighton sitting in. The Soulback Station Horns are coming in to do several tunes with the guys as well. 
uh, and uh, uh, they're the old singer from uh, International Mail, Moosey Lee, yeah. is coming back from uh, from Texas to come and perform there right? as well. Oh yeah, Ken DeRoshi's going to sit in them for a tune as well. Used to listen to used to, used to listen to my late night show on KMHD years oh, ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. They so, all did. Uh, they used to call me up. Oh yeah, so yeah. we're we're looking forward to having the Moose back in town again. It's been a while. So uh, it's anyway. So then uh, at the end of the show. We're having an after party downstairs uh-huh. uh, back in Peter's room that's going to be with uh, Chris, uh, Chris Brown's quartet, uh-huh. uh, which is great. So it's just going to be a one big long night of music, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah. You're going to MC? I'm going to be doing a little emceeing. Tony's the overall MC and yes. kind of sort of the, uh, yeah. the uh, executive producer, if you will, of the show. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to be up there doing a little talking. Lisa's going to help me out a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and our good friend Adam McIsaac's going to get up there and introduce uh, the Yachtsman as well. And, Adam uh, McIsaac? Oh, yeah. You remember I, did a, I did a TV story on him. Oh, yeah. Years and years ago. I remember ago. that, yeah. yeah. So Adam's brother, John, is the bass player of the Yachtsman. Yeah. Going back to Spot 79 back in the old days. So. Right. Uh, and of course, which Adam played in that band. So. And Adam was in International Mail. Too. And he was in International Mail as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. So Adam's going to be emceeing uh, for those guys, which is great because you know he and his and his uh, amazing wit on stage are always something to behold. So it should be a lot of fun. Well, this is great. This yeah, it's really good. It's really something. We've got at this point the, the the message that I would probably want to get out to everybody right now is that there are still about 400 tickets left for the show. That's all seated. It's general admission, but that's all seats on the main floor yeah. of the Roseland. I think a lot of people kind of got it in their heads that general admission is standing room only. It's like, no, man, you can yeah. get a seat. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it's, important. It is. It's really important. And yeah. that's yeah. the thing that I think people might be kind of missing right now, that uh-huh. message. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's mostly seated uh, on the main floor. There's I walked through the place the, the other day, and there's really not going to be a bad seat in the house. So this is going to be dynamite. All right. That's great. That's oh, great. Yeah. Man, man, man. Uh, well, I'm, this is um, – Terrific that you're doing this. We're really excited. It's uh, it's yeah. been, uh, it's a lot of work. Tony's really been working his butt off on this. Yeah. Elisa and I, and John to a little lesser degree as well. John McIsaac's actually one of our other producers as well. Yeah. And so uh, we've all been working hard, but Tony's really been putting a lot of time. It's it's real labor love for him uh, as well as it is for us too. But really for Tony, um, it's a, um, it's a real personal thing for him. Jimmy was a big, big, big mentor for him. I had Tony in here a few months ago, and, and he talked about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you'd think they were competitors, but, you know? <laughs> they, of course, you know, yeah. In some ways, it's funny because, you know, uh, in, in years past, people would look at other clubs and be like, and talk to Jimmy, and like, oh, that's competition. And he's like, on one hand, he was a, he was a very competitive person. Yeah. And he, and he did not like to lose. I mean, he absolutely hated to lose. Yeah. But on the other hand, he also understood that, uh, and he talked about this a lot, that for the jazz scene to be successful, or the music scene in general to be successful, you have to have lots of venues. Yeah. And he looked at other places opening and said, yeah, I want those guys to succeed because the better they do, it's good for us too. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and it also motivates us to do, to raise our game up as well. Because yeah. we, you know, we want to be at the top of the, at the top of the heap. Well, if other people are pushing us, that's good. They push us to get, get stronger and better. So it's good. And, of course, Tony used to do the bingo. He did. In the basement. In the basement. Of the old club. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, he did the Tony Starlight show <laughs> upstairs course, yes. for, for quite some time. He had a residency with us on Friday. Everybody knows while. that. Oh, that Not, so I don't know fun. how many people really remember he did the bingo downstairs. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny because he told the story. Uh, uh, and um, uh, when we were doing this video montage, we uh-huh. different musicians. Uh, Bobby Torres came in and we talked about we talked to Bobby and uh, and I 
I enlightened Tony about Bobby's situation where he'd actually had uh, a heart attack on stage at the club. I didn't know that. You didn't hear the story? No. So they did a show. This was last year. Uh, and Last year. Huh. And um, uh, at the set break, Carol came up to me and asked if I had any aspirin. I said, no, I've got um, uh, Motrin. She goes, no, I need aspirin. That's all good. All right, fine. So after the show, I asked Bobby, you know, you want a glass of wine? I said, no, I'm not feeling too good. We're going to head out. All right, cool. They at the emergency room. Ah. So it turns out he'd suffered a myocardial infarction. Oh, jeez. Yeah, infarction, excuse me. So, um, and he ended up having four stints put in. So, and he played through that. And, yeah. uh, and um, which was probably not the smartest thing in the world, but. No. Uh, but uh, thank goodness he's, uh, he's still with us. Yeah. Um, and doing great. But it was really funny because when I told that story, uh, Tony was like, man, I thought I'd had it tough because he'd been uh, doing a gig downstairs doing bingo. Yeah. And it had this sharp pain in his side. It's like, and. And not feeling good, and you know, sweating and stuff, and yeah. you know, uh, temperature, whatever. And he, you know, persevered, and went through the gig, and he yeah. packed up all of his gear, got out of there. When he walked into his house, he passed out. Jeez. And his wife had taken the emergency room. Turned out oh, he's got man. appendicitis. Oh. He damn near had a burst appendix, which would have probably killed him. Yeah. So they had to do an emergency appendectomy, so on and so forth. <laughs> and so, uh, so Tony was like, "Man, I, you know, I thought I was a tough guy." And said, "I'm like, no, man, try having a heart attack on stage <laughs> and keep playing." <laughs> So it's, it's funny. We can laugh about it now. Thank goodness. Well, so, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so any any news about the new club? Lots of lots of good stuff. Uh, it would be preemptive to say anything like earth shattering, but we've got a location that we're interested in. Uh-huh. Uh, our our brokers talking to their broker. They're working out some details there, uh, and then beyond that, they're gonna we're gonna have to go through. Some process uh, of due diligence, look into some things with the city as far as some zoning and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Uh, none of which are insurmountable, I don't think. Right. But until we have those things worked out, it would be uh, premature to, to say anything. But right. I would say that the our future looks good. It's gonna be it's gonna be a while out. Even if things happen tomorrow yeah. and we had a place, it would be a year away. Yeah, because yeah. you know you're talking about uh, permitting, design, right. architecture work, engineering work, construction, right. everything else. Right. So. It's ways up, but I'd say the future looks pretty good for us. Huh. Well, that's good news. Yeah, it that's is. Good news. It's, it's, very it's heartening. Good news. It's taken a little longer. Lisa and I both have been a little, um, uh, getting a little fidgety yeah. because the process has taken longer than we'd like right. to, uh, right. to have taken. But the uh, the group of people that we're working with, our investor group, are really good people. They uh, they all have a vested interest in us and in Jimmy and in the club and the concept. Uh, and the uh, gentleman who's leading the investor group. Uh, has been really good with us and gave a good reminder to us that, you know, and we both knew this, but we needed the reminder. Yeah. It's better to take the time, find the right place, do it the right way, and yeah. that way on the, when in the long run when it comes together, everything works versus rushing into something and finding out later on we made a mistake and then all of a sudden right. we could find ourselves in, right. uh, in, in a lot of hot water. So Well, everything always takes longer than it should. Exactly. Or exactly. than you think it should. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, uh, so uh, it's good. Uh, I'm very. Uh, we just had a meeting last week on Thursday, and it was very, very positive. And uh, so I'm excited. I'm very excited. And it's gonna. It's gonna be bigger and better, and all the things that that the things that we didn't do right in the last club, uh-huh. the things that we that 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 we were looking to work on stuff. Those things we're gonna address. All uh-huh. those things going forward. Great. So better sight lines, better sound system, better yeah. lighting, yeah. a more efficient bar, a more efficient kitchen, all those things. So we can give. I mean, at the end of the day, what I come back to uh, every time I start talking about this is, is that 
we have amazing customers because they came in to that place for so many years and put up with a lot of inefficiencies and things like not, you know, sitting in the back room, not being able to see mm -hmm. or, you know, having to have to stand because, it, you know, the, all the seating was done, you had the standing room only, and yet they kept coming yep. because we kept putting a really good product on the stage. Yeah. So we owe it to them to give them a better experience, mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to be trying to do. Good. Yeah. Meanwhile, for people who miss you, you're back in you're back in the old building. I am. It's weird. It's like being in a freaking time warp. Um, I'm working downstairs in the in the uh, the basement bar life of Riley, uh, which is uh, the old the old that's where, where the old original, club was. That's where the original Jimmy Max was. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a it's a really nice situation. Todd Miller is the owner. is a great guy. I've known Todd and his staff since they opened. Obviously, when they opened, we immediately became regulars of theirs. Uh, you know, after work. Yeah. And so uh, uh, he was in a situation where. Um, he had had some uh, staff turnover, and the basement bar on the weeknights was not the, the regular business they were doing was just not there. Yeah. So he was at a point on Sunday, Monday nights where he didn't have the basement open because uh -huh. nobody would go and work those shifts because they just they couldn't make any money. Yeah, and they didn't want to stick it out. Right. And so uh, I told him, I said, Hey, you know, you can put me down there, and if nothing else, I'll put the word out and start trying to build some business, and I will stay here all night and. Yeah get the people to come in and so we're starting to see that come around a little bit so hopefully familiar faces um some familiar faces and just yeah. other you know uh, the real goal is to go after the uh the young people working in the in the restaurant bar industry in, uh, the, uh, yeah. in the pearl district yeah. uh giving them a late night spot to come to so there's yeah. not a lot of choices anymore and we're trying to get that business back in there again yeah. and uh and so far it's working pretty well so hopefully uh if i can help todd out he's helping me out it's a good symbiotic relationship so but no cool. entertainment down there no, no. That's just that. It's just the okay. bar. It's me uh, with uh, the jukebox and Pandora, and <laughs> and uh, if the jukebox ain't running, I've got Pandora, and I'm. It's running. That's either on uh, on uh, the two stations I've been running lately are Tavares. Uh -huh. If you know about Tavares, they were like yeah. they were oh, like yeah. Philadelphia International's version oh, yeah. of the Temptations. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, and or I've got the Op Rock station on, so it's yeah. it's that music. <laughs> yeah. And so it's fun. It's fun. I'm having a good time. It's interesting because. Uh, that space downstairs, uh, as Todd told me when I went down and worked there, he said, look, you're not going to make a lot of cocktails. You're going to pour a lot of beer and shots. Yes. And so, uh, you know, as for the last 10 years at Jimmy Max, uh, predominantly I was pouring cocktails and wine. Yeah. Down, downstairs in the basement, I'm not pouring hardly any wine at all. <laughs> and I'm pouring a lot of beer. So I have to go, I've had to go back to beer school again. Because uh, you know he has he's got twenty drafts there and a great a great tap selection, uh, also really a myriad mostly Northwest stuff. Yeah. And uh, and so I've had to go back and learn all about beer all over again, which is good for me. So it's cool. It's cool. It's been really fun actually. <laughs> That's good. Well, all right. Musical inspiration honoring Jimmy Mac. This is going to be Sunday night the twenty third. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Tickets are available. Go through the Roseland uh, Roseland website. Mm -hmm. Uh, as we said earlier, they're general admission, but almost all those are going to be seated. Uh -huh. So uh, don't feel like you can't get a seat. You can definitely get a seat. Come on down. It's going to be a great program. All the uh, pertinent information and links will be right there on the, on the page. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. mean, our page. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're all awesome. Right, Thanks. Nice to see you again. Dude, Thomas, always a pleasure, man. We've got to get all together right. and talk some more baseball, too. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs>